The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Our right, heads and pray. We're just going to ask that the Holy Spirit would teach us truth. The Bible says that the Spirit would come and that he would lead us into truth and convict the world both of sin and of righteousness. So teach us what's wrong and what's right and connect us to him. Father, we ask that you would do that right now and that you would cause us to learn your word today, not just in our head but in our heart. Lord, help us to understand it and then help us to live it out. Lord, bring it to fruit in our lives so we can live differently than the world and bring glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, testing positive. Obviously, you can't get away from testing. I thought when I got out of school, I'd be done with testing. Uh, that didn't work out. And so here we are. We got COVID. We got all these things going on. And you can't, if you go on Facebook, if you go on Instagram, if you go on social media, it seems like every post is somebody looking for a test, needing a test. I got to have a test. Which, once you find out maybe that you are sick, then you still are sick, whether you had a test or not. So it's like, I got to get it. I got to know. And then you find out I am. Now what? Well, now stay home and get better, please. Uh, but there's this frenzy around getting tests, and they're all sold out at the store. And I actually had needed some allergy medicine. I went in the store, and I walked in, and I turned, I looked down the aisle, and the entire medicine aisle was empty. And I thought, my gosh, they no longer sell medicine. God is healing everybody in Round Rock. This is incredible. <laughs> all of our prayers have been answered. And then I found out that was not the case. Um, so um, I ended up having to uh, look around, look around, look around. I finally found some little pills tucked back behind a little thing that somebody didn't see, and I got them for, for my uh, allergies and stuff. But uh, testing positive. Here, let's talk about viral transmission, okay? Oh, my gosh, are we going to do this? Yes, we are. Stop and listen. Just listen for a few minutes, okay? It's going to get into the Bible. It's going to get good. There's going to be a spiritual uh, connection here. The definition of viral transmission. For transmission of a virus to occur, a virus must enter a host through a portal of entry, replicate or disseminate within the host, and then be transmitted to a new host through a portal of exit. Okay, this is how viral transmission happens. It's got to find a portal, right? So um, you got to find a place to get in, right? So this is going to get in. It's going to get in through your nose, your mouth, your ears, you know, whatever. Like, keep your eyes closed. Right, my little two-and-a-half-year-old girl says the other day, she goes, I'm going to go to sleep. And I said, okay. And she goes, I'm going to close my eyes like this. And I'm like, that's good. She goes, let me show Grandma. So I take her into Grandma. Grandma, I'm going to close my eyes like this. And she literally had to go through each person that was downstairs and go walk over and show them. I'm going to close my eyes like this. So I'm going to sleep. You got to close. In order for the virus to get in, it's got to have something open, a portal. It's got to be able to get in there. Okay? So that's the first thing to know. Okay? It's got to find a host, it's got to get in, and then as it germinates in the host, then it's got to find a way back out, right, to get to somebody else. Um, otherwise, if it can't find a way out, you just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's like the blueberry person on Chocolate Factory. Uh, but here's how it then establishes itself and grows. For a virus to initiate a successful infection, you know you can have a failed infection, apparently, uh, scientifically, but to initiate a successful infection, sufficient numbers of virus must enter the host establish an infection, a virus must come in contact with the host cells that are both susceptible and permissive to infection. This is science taught. Okay, the virus has to get in there, and then it has to find a place to go, and it has to both be susceptible, so it has to be weak enough to be attacked, and then it has to get permission somehow, right? Like your cell's like, okay, go ahead, I'm permissive, do it, do your thing, 
right? So this is what happens. So in a nutshell, transmission has to enter a host, replicate, exit, and then repeat it in a new host. This is how it's happening. Okay, high quantity of viruses have to find a susceptible and permissive host. So that's your body. 1 Timothy 4.8. This is a church. We're going to get into the Bible. 1 Timothy 4.8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So what this verse is saying as a general teaching is that whatever we do for our bodies is good to make them healthy and strong and good. But what we do for our spirit, for our inner man, for our inner woman, for our soul is of more importance because it's eternal. Okay, so just like physical training is good, but spiritual training is better, I'm going to tell you that physical testing is good, but spiritual testing is better. Okay, physical testing is good. Test, see how you are, make sure you're healthy, make sure that you're in a good place, take appropriate action based on what you find out. That's all good. But our bodies are temporal. They go away. They don't last forever. Spiritual testing, testing for godliness, testing for your walk with the Lord, testing for your faith, testing for where your mind is fixed. Is it upon God or is it upon the world? Those testings are even more important because the spiritual is always more important than the physical, although the physical is important. This doesn't say, well, it's not important. I don't care about my body. I don't care about being healthy. No, I, just, I just love Jesus. Right, I start every morning with five donuts and three coffees because I love Jesus and I'm just focusing on my Bible reading. I don't care about health at all. But that's not what it's talking about. But it's acknowledging the physical being important and then emphasizing the spiritual is greater. So that's what we're going to talk about today. My question to you, Galatians 5.19, is are you infected? Are you infected? Has a, has a virus, has a, a virus of, of the world, of culture, of the flesh, of sin, of temptation, has it found a way in through a portal of entry and found a place with inside of you to take residence and begin to replicate in your heart and in your mind? Okay, has that happened? Here are some symptoms. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. That's a pretty long list. These are a bunch of symptoms. These are all symptoms of being infected okay, with Sin, with the world, with temptation, with the flesh, with the fulfilling the desires of your own physical life and of the world around us, as opposed to having a life of godliness and focusing on God. Okay, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. I mean, you're just going down this list like, well, do I have any of this? Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts. Now, notice it doesn't say in rank of order of importance. It doesn't say, well, here's the bad ones and the good ones. We're going to work our way down. No, it's just, these are all harmful. These are all things that damage your life. They damage relationships. They separate us from God. They take away your peace. They take away your joy. They take away the peace and the joy and the well-being of others around you when they begin to take root in your life. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, you're having an affair and you're in some type of sexual uh, impurity or you're just full of anger, dissension, and quarreling. Now, does it have a, a tend to have a bigger impact on our lives here? 
Yes, it can, but they all lead towards the same thing. They all lead towards destruction and death and broken families. A fight and quarreling and anger with your spouse can break up a family just as quickly as an affair can. Right? God's saying all of these things are things that can infect you and that they can hurt you. And he says, <clears throat> let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that means I'll never go to heaven or I'll never be saved. Well, possibly, possibly. If you're living like that, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. I mean, that's a real question. Now, can you live like that while still having given your life to Jesus and the grace of God's at work in your life, growing and maturing and changing you? Yes, I gave my life to the Lord and then struggled with alcohol for quite a while. I was still trying to work my way out of just always getting drunk when I had a struggle. And God was changing me. But my desire was to change. It was my desire. Lord, change me. Help me. I wanted to grow. And God was working it. That's different than, well, I just live this way because God's grace is on me and it doesn't really matter. That would show that maybe I didn't really ever surrender to God. I never really submitted my life to him. And I have an infection of just living for myself. But the kingdom of God, what it's really talking about, it isn't just heaven. Because Jesus came to earth and he was preaching the kingdom of God as in the kingdom of God is here. What he's talking about is the rule and reign of God in your life. The rule and reign of God over your situation, over your mind, over your heart. Righteousness, peace, and joy, the Bible talks about. This is the kingdom of God. That God's righteousness, his godliness, his way of living is over you. His peace is over your life. His joy is over your life. And if these are areas that are infecting your life, then well, I just can't find peace. Well, of course you can't. You got an infection. I can't find joy. Well, of course you can't find joy. You got an infection. I don't feel close to God when I pray. I don't connect. Well, of course you don't because there's unrighteousness. There's an infection, and now there's a separation. Not because God wants a separation, but because you've moved yourself away in order to do your own thing. Not just you, but me. I can be into this type of situation if I allow these things to get into my life. What about testing positive? Okay, In, our, in this context, positive is a good thing. We're testing positive for the goodness of God. Can you test positive in your life? Galatians 5, 22 to 26. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Here's the symptoms of being positive of the work of God in your life. You have love, love for others. Love is patient. Love is kind. The Bible talks about all these things, that love is actually something that is for others. It's caring for them, lifting and bearing their burdens, laying itself down for them, sacrifices. It gives of itself joy. Like, I, I don't struggle all day with discouragement and depression. Why? Because my, I'm, I'm filled with the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, but I'm saved, but I don't have joy. Well, that doesn't mean that you're not saved if you don't have joy, but it means that you're probably suffering an infection that would go back to some of the other symptoms and the things in your life, that there's quarreling, there's dissension, maybe there's jealousy, looking at what other people have, that you wish you had something. There's something, and I'm not accusing you. I'm just telling you like a doctor, look, there might be something in your life because you've got some symptoms. And maybe just saying amen a lot and hallelujah isn't going to clear the symptoms. Maybe you need to actually clear some of those things out of your life. So that the joy of the Lord, the, the peace of God can come in. And here's those things. Peace. Patience. I don't have any patience. I'm in a hurry. But I'm in a hurry for Jesus. Try to get things done for God. That's what I'm doing. Well, the story of the Good Samaritan, there was a couple of godly people that were in a hurry. They had no patience. And they walked right by the person that was suffering. They were in too big a hurry. Doing good things. But God's spirit is patient. It slows down. Many of Jesus' miracles, the Bible, when you read through the Bible, they happened along the way. 
He was along the way, and, and somebody called out to him for help. He's along the way, and somebody came to him. It was constantly as he was going somewhere. So obviously he was going slow enough to hear what somebody was saying. Slow enough to stop and slow down. And so having some, some room in our life for God to work, having some patience, kindness. It's hard to be kind when you're in a hurry. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all signs that God is working in your life, that you're testing positive for God being at work. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. How joyful. How wonderful. There is a painful part of following Jesus. Do you know why? Because we still have this wrestling in our heart with some of these desires. I want to be angry. I want to be jealous or covetous of that person because I should have what they have. They're not any better than me. I want to gossip about this person because do you know what? Somebody needs to know what they did. They go around here smiling and happy and everybody thinks they're great. But I know. I know it's really going on. All of these things that happen and are going on in there is that we have to actually nail this to the cross. And it's painful because it's actually taking our desire that's pulling so hard at us as justice and it's right. And I got to do this and it fulfills me. And I, I'm putting it up and saying, no, I'm not going to live that way. And as somebody that's come out of addiction and all types of things, I can tell you what, it is painful. It is painful to let things go that you want to have. It hurts. It hurts the flesh. It hurts our heart to be like, i got to break away from this. But just like Jesus, he died and then he was resurrected by the Spirit. When we allow these ways of living, these ways of thinking to die, in other words, push them out of our life long enough that they no longer get fed, they eventually starve out and die, and starvation is not fun either. They eventually die and they're gone. What happens is it makes room in our life for the Spirit of God to bring new to resurrect something new in our life, to bring in something that creates joy, a love for others, a patience, a humility, a servant's heart. It changes. And so since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So first we put to death our own stuff that rages in our head. Do it this way. Do it this way. Do it. I'm not good enough. Even that, self-accusation, beating yourself up. I'll never make it. Well, the Bible says that you will. It says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the coming of Jesus. God's sticking with you. Well, I know, but I don't feel that way. I don't think that. Well, that's the flesh trying to be prideful. You think, well, it's humility. It's not. That's the flesh trying to be prideful and rise above God's word because God's word said he's going to finish what he started. So now if your flesh keeps telling you that, no, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fall short, God's not with me, God's going to leave me, it's never going to be enough, guess what? That's your flesh. It's trying to rise above God's word. And if it's trying to rev, uh, rise above God's word, you have to actually put it below God's word. You have to put it to death. Why? So that God's word can rise up in your life and you can receive what he said with faith and say, no, he's going to finish the work that he started. I can overcome this way of thinking. I can overcome this way of living. I can improve my relationships. I can begin to live in a way that honors God and experience the righteousness, peace, and joy that he has for me. And the spirit will begin to lead your life. So looking at transmission again, I want to recap that because I'm about to show you just some demonstrations and thought on how to actually deal with this. Remember, it enters a host, replicates, and then it exits. It repeats in a new host, right? Like those old chicken pox parties. Somebody's got chicken pox. Let's all get together and do it. We'll all get chicken pox, right? Has anybody ever been to a chicken pox party? Oh, my goodness, you have. Amazing. We had one for our kids. We're so scientific. We're amazing. Hey, guess what, guys? There's a 
there's a leprosy going around. Let's have a party. Okay, you get these diseases, and you just pass them on and get it over with. Okay, so it's got to have this way of repeating. High quantity, susceptible, and permissible host. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Okay, so I have a, I have a visual demo today. Okay, and bear with me. Okay, does this look silly? Looks quite silly. Okay. If I was to live with this on my head, how many people would say, what's going on with you? <laughs> like, you're just a big baby shark fan. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Stuck in your head now. Why would you wear that? You're so, so, why don't you take that off and just be a normal person? What's wrong with you? There's a shark on your head. You're a crazy person. Right? So you think. Going through the grocery store, you look like, that dude's got a shark in his head. What's going on? And yet, so many of us live allowing these symptoms, these things, these pathogens that come and infect the heart and mind and find a portal of entry. We allow them to literally constantly attack and feed and just devour our mind because we actually just allow them in. We just allow them to come in. We allow them to come in through what we watch on TV. We allow them to, wa- to come in through the people that we are in relationship with. We allow them to come in through the news. We allow them to come in through every source of culture, our music, our, our movies, or whatever the case might be. We allow them to come, even from ourselves, our own thoughts, and our own ideas. Like, you know, I'm going to take this in. And all these things are coming in, finding port of entry, and they're, they're literally, it's like a feeding frenzy on our mind and on our emotions. And our mind and our emotions are getting eaten alive. I don't know what to do about it. I just say there's no peace. I just feel crazy, and I feel so. It's like, you got stuff devouring your mind. You might want to think of removing it. You might want to think of pulling it off. Well, no, it's, I just enjoy that. I enjoy watching that. I enjoy listening to that. I enjoy being. Okay, but it, it, it's why you have no peace. It's why you're struggling with lust. It's why you're struggling with anger. It's why you're dealing with all your situations that way, because you're allowing these things to just sit and just to devour your mind. And they're just all over. And it's this obvious. We can't see it on each other. We can't see it on ourselves. But if you go to a good doctor and they look at you and you say, man, I got this issue going on. And they're looking and they say, well, it looks like you have this issue happening. I can see it. Yeah, it looks like you're, you know, you got this, this bump and it looks like you probably have this. It's obvious to the doctor what's going on. Well, when God's looking down, he's looking at us and he's like, you're praying for peace, but there's a shark on your head. Like, I'm trying to give you peace, but you are allowing stuff in through the portals of your mind. You're allowing stuff in through the portals of your listening, of your watching, of your conversation, of your meditation, of your thoughts. You're allowing stuff to come in, and it's replicating in there. Why? Because it's found a susceptible, weak, not built up in Christ, not being on defense, not watching yourself, and permissible host. It's found a host that's like, okay, come on in. Come on in, I don't mind. I don't mind you coming in and just hanging out here. And then it begins to replicate and more desires for it come and more, more of it just comes and comes and just keeps building up. And so I want to give you some keys. Three keys to stopping this transmission and infection in your life and hopefully in the lives of others. Because the more that your life is infected with these things, guess what? It spreads. Because when you have bitterness or anger, guess what? It doesn't ever stay with you because bitterness and anger has to be expressed. It has to. It has to talk to somebody. It has to tell somebody about it. I mean, that's, it's got to come out, right? All these things that come out like that, it's, it's, it's got to spread. It's got to move. So 
what we're going to do is look at how to stop some of Romans 8, 5 to 6. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. The mind is a portal of entry. It's a place for, for these things that come into your life and infect you, take away your peace, your joy, your closeness to God. They set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, talking about God's Spirit, they set their minds on things of the Spirit. Okay? It's like picking a channel. I sit with my, I sit with my little girl. I turn on the TV. I say, what do you want to watch? And she wants to watch Mouse Patrol. Okay, there is no Mouse Patrol, but it's, there's a patrol of some show, and there's a mouse show of some show, and so somehow she's combined them, and it's just Mickey Mouse. They said, watch Mouse Patrol. Okay, watch Mouse Patrol. If I put on anything else, it's like, no, I don't want. You know what? Fine. Come on. And so I'm going to switch it. I gotta put, in order to get it to stop, I've got to put it on there. Boom. Okay, we're on mouse patrol. Great. It's awesome. She chooses her channel. This is where I want my focus. This is what I want. Like, this is what I want coming into my mind right now. Great. And so we watch Goofy and all that. Now she's super clumsy. She falls down. She's got a big bump on her head right now. That's from watching Goofy. See, it came in and infected. Now she's living the lifestyle. But what happens, she chooses. Well, guess what? We're adults. We choose. We choose what we want to put our mind on. I want to watch this. I want to listen to this. I want to consume this. I want to think about and meditate on this. That person offended me. I want to think about it more. I want to massage it. I want to make myself feel better about it. Well, guess what? You're, you're massaging an infection that's starting to grow in your heart. It's feeding on your mind. It's feeding on your insights. And it's creating dissension. Well, but I'm worried. I'm worried about my finances. Well, Jesus said what? Do not worry. Do not worry about what you eat or drink or what you wear. Your Heavenly Father already knows that you need these things. Stop worrying about it. Why? Because if you're busy worrying about that, guess what you can't be doing? You can't be setting your mind on the things of God. I can't watch two channels at once. And so when my mind is set on that, it feels like, well, I'm just trying to just figure it out. Yes, but while you're trying to figure it out, the opportunity to be alert and aware of what God wants to speak to you is now gone. And that person that maybe God wanted you to speak to, love on, encourage, or forgive, or go over and serve, or, or take them a meal, or do something in their life, like God wanted you to go that direction and do that, but you couldn't do it, or I couldn't do it. Why? Because my mind was busy over here worrying, which Jesus already said I've got you taken care of. You don't need to worry about it. And so it's a distraction that harms more than ourselves. Just like an infection doesn't just harm yourself, it ultimately it spreads and it harms other people. And so when we allow those things to take us, it harms other people either by what we do that is wrong towards people or by what we fail to do that's right because we're too busy worrying, stressing, or feeding on our own desires. That we don't have time to live that way. The Bible actually says to him who knows what to do that's good and does not do it, to him it is sin. It's actually a sin not to do the good that God wants you to do. It's a passive sin. It's a sin to walk by the, good, by, by the person that's laying in the road and not help them. Because it's not expressing the heart of God. Sin is falling short of, of God's purpose, of God's intended plan for your life. And so it's falling short of that. Well, but I was busy. I had my mind on this. So these are the things that happen. So Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. This, this area in here where the infection happens, God wants to change it. He wants to clean it up. He wants to fix it. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. You'll learn to know it. 
It'll happen. So instead of having this lifestyle where all of these things are just feeding on you, it's eating your mind alive and your, and your joy and your peace and the goodness of God. He's saying, you know, don't do that. He says, but actually set your mind on good things. Set your mind on godly things. Choose your own station. Say, this is where I'm, boom, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm focusing on. This is where I'm putting myself. Boom. We just had a great song. It's on our Facebook page right now. Daruji wrote and performed. He actually filmed it here, and it's Count Your Blessings. He sings a whole song about count your blessings instead of your problems, right? I'm going to focus my mind on counting the blessings of God, on the goodness of God, because there's always some blessings going on. That's how Paul could say, I've learned to be content in whatever state I am. If I have a lot or a little, it doesn't matter, because somewhere in the midst of it, God is blessing my life. God is doing something good for me. Something good is happening. And guess what? You can always find a problem, too. No matter how good life is, you can always find a problem. So that's not the issue. The issue isn't life. The issue is us. What do we choose to focus on? What do we choose to set our mind on? Are we willing to do that? It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. It's good for you. It will please you. It will actually make your life enjoyable and good. You enjoy your family. You enjoy your work. Why? Because you're there not just to to kill hours or to try to get that promotion, but you're just there to serve and love people. And you can enjoy your work because your motivation is different. Your life is different. It becomes pleasing. It becomes perfect. It's whole. It brings peace both to yourself, to others, and to God. Those are inputs that we have to control. We have to choose to just say, you know what? I don't want that other stuff coming in. I want to focus on the Lord. Then there's outputs. Proverbs 18, 20, 21. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's belly is filled with the harvest from his lips. He is satisfied. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Outputs. What are you saying? What are you saying? On a daily basis, what am I saying? When I wake up in the morning and I start off my day, oh, so tired this morning. It's going to be a rough day. Oh, man, I didn't get any good sleep last night. Oh, I think I got another headache. Oh, I got, like there's a million things. Oh, it's going to be so busy. Boy, I hope so-and-so doesn't call me. I don't run into this. All these things that come in. Now we're saying stuff out. And what we're saying out, we certainly believe because we're saying it. And we always believe what we say, right? We're saying all these things about our life, all these things about our day, all these things about ourselves and about other people. And we begin to believe it. It begins to infect us. It begins to multiply in our own life because we're rehearing it over and over again. Oh, I'm probably going to go broke. Oh, I'm never going to have enough. Oh, it's probably not going to work out. Oh, I'm probably going to get sick. Oh, I'm probably... All these things just re-germinating and re-germinating and refilling up. It's like we're just like a little Petri dish of our own mind. We're saying it, hearing it, thinking it, saying it, hearing it, thinking it. It's just this rotation. And then by noon, we're just like freaking out. We're just like, man, life sucks. Well, of course it does. Because your output is feeding back into your input, and you got a cycle going right now that's just destroying your peace and your joy and the reign of God in your own life. And so we have to control our, our outputs, put our mind on something good of God, and then begin to speak, even if we have to do it in faith because we can't see it. Even if we have to do it in faith. I know that God's for me. If God's for me, who can be against me? And our, 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 our body, our flesh, our mind might be screaming, everyone's against you. Okay, but the word says, if God's for me, who can really be against me? Because God is watching over me. God's defending me. God's watching. So I have to speak it out in faith. Maybe I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills next Friday. And so it would be a stress. It would take me over. I, oh, 
oh, I don't know how to give or to be generous or to help others. I'm too busy trying to just, oh, how do I take care of myself? I'm going to lose it all. And so in faith, you know, I don't worry about what I'm going to eat or drink or what I'm going to wear. I know that God's taking care of me. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Wake up in the morning, oh, I'm so tired, it's going to be a rough day. No, David said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And I'm waking up and saying, you know what, this is a good day. Well, what makes it a good day? You got fired yesterday, and you and your wife were fighting yesterday. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Just begin to speak it and speak it and talk about it and allow myself to hear it, allow it to be what's going out of my mouth and then back in. But I'm controlling both what's coming in and I'm controlling what's going out. I'm making a choice. Do you know why? Because God gave us choice. Not just in what we do, but both in what we consume and also what we give out. Not just what we do, because those are the things that end up feeding towards what we do. How I think, what I meditate on, what I allow myself to feel and to hold on to, what I allow myself to say. Pretty soon, like it says here in Proverbs, I begin to eat the fruit of that in my life. It begins to become my life. And so God's wanting us to come out of that. So the the other part of this is to actually immunize yourself. James 4, 7, you can do that in a spiritual sense. You can actually make yourself immune to being taken over with negativity, depression, anxiety, fear, all these things. You can actually pull that out of your life. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. And what will happen? Resist the devil and what? He will flee. He will flee. You can actually submit to God, resist those temptations and thoughts and feelings, and the devil will not just stop and be like, oh, okay, I'll stand right here, right close to you. Hover over your shoulder. Just, ooh, follow you. No, the Bible says goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Psalms 23. The devil's not following me. Goodness and mercy are following me. All the days, of my, every day. All the days of my life, his goodness and mercy are following me. So I resist the devil, and then do you know what he does? He, he flees. Okay, and so we do that through both what we set our mind on, what we confess with our mouth, that we line it up with God's word. This is how we resist. It's how Jesus resisted the devil in the desert. He was being tempted, and the devil kept tempting him, and he kept on bringing the word and saying, no, this is what the Bible says. This is the word. I resist that. And ultimately, the devil fled left him alone. And so we, we bring the word into the situation, which means we have to be reading our Bibles. We have to understand what's in God's word so we know what truth to stand on. We read that, then we know it, and we can stand on I don't think I can do this. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things, not some things, not a few things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all of them. Not by my own strength, but by God's. God can help me do this. This is hard, but he can help me do it. He can help me to take care of my, of my loved one who's going through a difficult situation, who's maybe got a health crisis, or maybe, maybe they need to... Uh, have somebody help them and live with them now because they can't live on their own. I don't think I can do this. It's too stressful. Do you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know if I can get through school. I don't know if I can pass my grades. I don't know if I can deal with the bullies. I don't know if I can deal with what's going on in here. It's too chaotic. It's too crazy. There's too much. Rain. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I got to know the word in order to stand up and resist the devil so that then he will flee and I can move forward. And by doing that, when we do that, it's literally, it's like, it's like a removing of What's devouring the mind? We're like, we're moving. I'm not going to think this way. I'm not going to allow this to be who I am. I'm not going to allow this to be myself. I'm setting my mind on God. I'm taking this off. What I've allowed to sit on my mind, sit on my head, and devour me, I'm taking that off. I'm throwing it out. 
And instead, I'm going to choose to set my mind on the things of God, meditate on the things of God, so that it gets in my heart. And guess what? Just like a virus will get in, find a susceptible and permissible host, begin to replicate, and then begin to come out. Guess what? The Word of God. Someone's faithful to the Lord, the same thing can happen. God can come into your life. You're meditating on your mind. You're meditating on your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. It's beginning to grow in your heart. God's word, God's love, his ideas, his, his faith, his hope, his joy. It's growing in my life. And now guess what happens? Just like a bad thing, guess what happens with this? Out of the abundance, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now all of a sudden I'm becoming contagious of the goodness of God. I'm beginning to spread the goodness of God. Not because I'm trying. Not because I went to a class. It was an evangelism class. And he said, man, you got to go around and tell everybody this. And you got to tell them that. And you got to do this. And you got to draw this out. And you got to make them understand God. No, it's because I've packed so much goodness of God in here. Because it's where I set my mind and my heart. That when I talk, it's just what comes out. This is how I speak. This is how I live. When I take action, it's that type of action. It's all coming out of my heart. And so if you're in a place where you're struggling with some of that, you're like, well, that's not what comes out of my heart. It's not what comes out of my mouth. It's not what comes out of my actions. Okay? It doesn't mean that you're not saved. But it very well may mean that you've got an infection that you've got to deal with. You've got to go to God and say, Lord, th- these are the symptoms I have right now. Lord, help me. Begin to read his word. Begin to pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to move and to show you. It says that he convicts of sin and of righteousness. God's spirit will literally show you, this is why you have the infection. This is what's going on. This is what you need to get out of your life. And of righteousness, this is the good thing I need to live. This is what I need to do in, in its place. God will literally teach you. Now, you can make an appointment and come talk to me or come talk to another pastor or, or somebody here at the church, and we will do our best to teach you. But do you know what we're going to do? We're going to point you back to God's word. We're going to pray with you, and we're going to ask that God shows you. And you can do that with me, and I'm more than happy to do that. But you can do that without me. You can literally do that, sitting down with God's word and prayer and saying, Lord, show me. Teach me. Why am I so angry? Why am I so worried? Why am I so anxious? Why am I this? Or why am I, Lord, why? Why won't I slow down and have patience? Like, what's happening in me? Lord, how do I get more joy? How do I get more peace? How do I get more generosity? How do I get more, like, help me. And he'll literally teach you and show you. Proverbs 4, 20, 23, it's our last verse. Is my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. See, this is choosing what you're focused on. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. You know how things penetrate deep? It's like a hard-boiled egg. You throw it in the hot water. No matter how hot the water is, if you throw the egg in and pull it right back out, guess what you have? It's a rag. It's time. You put it in and you leave it. You let it sit there. And you just let it change. If you want your heart to change and your mind to change, it's not just like a quick like power thing. Now I'm doing a three-day Bible blitz. Boom. No, it's time. You just begin to read God's word. You just begin to spend time in prayer. You just begin to give thanks and to worship and to be grateful. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and with praise. His presence is fullness of joy. Guess what? Joy starts to come. Your life starts to change. But it's, it's time. You just, you just keep on doing it. It doesn't happen instantly. That's what it's saying here. Don't lose sight. Let them penetrate in your heart. Why? Because I didn't lose sight. I stayed focused on it, and it brought into my heart 
the truths of God. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Whatever infection you have, this heals it. Spending time focused on the goodness and the word of God. It'll begin to heal it. It'll begin to change it. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. All right, let's bow our heads. Father, I just pray for everybody that's here, Lord, as you've Lord, given us a clear path, Father, of how to Lord, both test ourselves, Lord, to see, Lord, if we are in the negative, Father, following our own lusts, our own desires, our own instincts, Lord, or the culture around us, the world around us, Lord, which is often full of chaos and discouragement, fighting, quarreling, anxiety. Lord, all these things, Lord, selfish ambition, Lord, it's full of these things. Lord, if that's in us, God, show it to us, Lord, allow us to see it. Lord, not so that we can feel ashamed, but Lord, so that we can present it to you for healing, for change. Lord, whatever inputs are coming into our life, Lord, that may be contributing to us, God, by your Spirit, show us. What am I doing? What am, what am I surrounding myself with? What am I allowing in that's creating this opportunity within my heart, within my mind? Lord, and then teach us, Father, to speak your word, to speak life, to speak truth to ourselves and others, God, and to choose to be focused on you. Choose to be focused on your truth, on your ways of living. So that we can truly walk, Father, differently than the world. Lord, full of joy, full of peace, full of kindness and patience and long-suffering and self-control. Father, against all of these things, Lord, that bring life to ourselves and to others. Lord, let us be different for ourselves and also for others. God, to bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.